Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. Hey guys, and welcome back to yet another episode of When I Was Thirteen. As all of us have been staying indoors due to the coronavirus lockdown, I'm really bored and I'm tired of staying at home. So I decided to use this time to get in touch with as many people as I can. Don't worry, it was over Skype. So for this episode, I got in touch with Ashutosh Gar. He is a writer, manager, entrepreneur, CEO coach, and a podcaster too. He has published six books and is working on his seventh one. He also started the Guardian Pharmacy chain in India. So let's hop on into a time machine to meet Ashutosh Gar when he was 13. Hello sir and welcome to my show when i was 13 so let's begin with a quick introduction of yourself in terms of what you do currently and what do you like to do when you have some free time to yourself okay so arshi thank you very much for having me on your show i'm now 63 years old have four decades of work experience so mm-hmm. you know let me tell you about my life in five stages The first 25 years of my life was as a manager when I worked with companies like ITC for 17 years and then I was head of Asia for two aerospace American aerospace companies. Mm-hmm. The second stage of my life was uh, as I call a shopkeeper. I founded Guardian Pharmacy as a single shop and then that grew into India's second largest chain. Yeah. Uh, which I sold 3 years ago. Mm-hmm. The third stage of my life I say I am a CEO coach. So I I coach several large company CEOs. Oh, okay. The fourth stage of my life is as an author. So I've been writing continuously. I've got six published books. Yeah. I'm working on a seventh book. Um, I write That's for nice. the Times of India. I write for uh, many many magazines. Wow. And the last one is what I call uh, as a storyteller, which is where I uh, also uh, record video casts and podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a quick summary of uh, what I do. Your second part of the question is, what do you do when I have some free time to yourself? So yeah. I do two things quite passionately. Number one, I really enjoy my golf a lot. So I play on Sundays and once during the week. And the second thing is, I I enjoy playing the Indian flute. So I play that uh, uh, you know as often as I can. That's nice. So those are those are my two two primary interests when I'm free. So should we hop on into a time machine and let's go back to the time when you were thirteen? Sure. So do you remember what year it was when you were thirteen? Yes, I turned thirteen in nineteen sixty-nine. Okay. So what town or city were you in when you were thirteen? You know, my my father was a very very senior army uh, brigadier, mm. and in nineteen sixty-nine he was posted in Masuri in the state of Uttar Pradesh, now Uttarakhand. Okay. Uh-huh. So we used to live in Masuri. Okay. So could you tell me more about Masuri then? Because right now a lot of people go to visit for like nice family vacations. Aye. So how was it then? Hey. 
Suri, then was an amazing uh, mountain, amazing hill station as it used to be called then. Very few tourists used to come and I even remember it was so small that if as children we would go out for dinner with my parents, you know, we didn't have any mobile phones or even dial phones. There used to be an operator. So my okay. father would ring up the operator of, the, of Masuri and say, we're sitting in so-and-so's house. If I get a phone, please transfer it to that old number. Oh. That's how small the place yeah. was. Now, of course, it's huge. Yeah. But I used to study there with two of my younger brothers, a school called St. George's College. And what I remember very, very distinctly is we used to live up in Landor Cant, which was at a height of about 7,000 feet. And I used to walk, my brothers and I would walk to school every day. And uh, the walk each way with heavy bags used to be five kilometers. So we would walk 10 kilometers to school with our heavy bags. And, uh, you know, when my father felt, uh, you know, good someday and he felt kindly towards us, he would drop us halfway through in his car. Otherwise, he'd say, you'll you'll get much tougher if you walk to school. So that was what it. I mean, now everybody just takes the bus or... Bus or, you know, get drivers to drop them or whatever. But life has changed quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. So as you mentioned, uh, your father was in the army. So you must have gone to many places in India. So you obviously had to change school. So how, like, I don't want to go anywhere right now because I want to stay in the school, stay close to my friends. I don't want to go somewhere else. So... How did you deal with that change then? Well, you are lucky that uh, you have the luxury of staying in one school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to six, seven schools in Delhi, Simla, Masuri, Allahabad, and Lucknow. In those days also, schools, uh, my school, I only had, you know, it was, we used to finish school in uh, class 11 and not go to class 12. And uh, I would, I did the senior Cambridge. So all our uh, examination papers used to come from London. Oh, okay. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, as you mentioned earlier that you started writing, so, yeah. and you also mentioned that you've written six books and you're working on the seventh one. So, what inspired you to start writing and how do you deal with writer's block? I've been very, very fond of writing. And English, English language and English literature was something I was very passionate about in school. So, when I was, you know, in, at your 13, 14 years, I used to write letters to the editors of various newspapers, whether it was the Times of India, whether it was magazines, like in those days, there was a very popular magazine called the Junior Statesman. So, I used to write on social matters. I would write on matters relating to the city, on matters relating to, so, and they used to get published. And I used to win prizes. So, I used to make a little pocket money of maybe... 20, 30 rupees a month to awards, writing good letters. Then I used to write, I started writing for magazines. So, you know, I started writing a column for Business India. I would write for Economic Times. I'd write for Inc. Magazine. I'd write for Business Insider and many other magazines. Then I continued to do so. Then, you know, in 2009, someone asked me, why don't you try and write down your story of moving from a manager to an entrepreneur? And that is when I wrote my first book which is called The Buck Stops Here. Mm. And once you've written one book, then you can write many more. So then after that, I've written two books on fiction. I've written uh, one book uh, on uh, startup or two books on startups, one book on retirement and one book on personal branding. And I'm now working on a seventh book on failure. Once you start writing, then, you know, you can keep writing. Your next question was, how do I deal with writer's block? That's always a big challenge for anyone who writes. 
So what I do, Arushi, is when I'm in the mode of writing, sometimes I wake up at 2, 2.30 in the morning, I come and sit at my computer, and by 6 a.m. I would have written 3,000 words. But then there are two weeks when I don't write at all. Oh, okay. So I don't have a fixed routine to write like a lot of other people. I write when I feel like writing, and uh, when I don't feel like writing, I don't write. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Okay. So while I was doing some research about you, I got to know that you quit your job and turned into an entrepreneur in 2003. So not too many people then knew about entrepreneurship. So why did you decide to become an entrepreneur and how did you feel to come into this world then? So I think that's a great question. You know, uh, I come from a generation where we were always told by our parents that after you finish your MBA, go and get a job and keep earning nice big salaries. Mm. So I did that for 25 years. And then after 25 years, I said, listen, I need to do something different. Mm. I, so one was the urge to become my own boss. That was the first thing that I wanted to do. Okay. And the second was that, you know, when I was looking around, I found that there was a big problem of genuine medicines in our country. Mm. Even today, more than 30% of the medicines that are sold in our country mm-hmm. are either fake or they're underpowered. Oh, okay. I said that, you know, this was the time when I wanted to make a change, build a profitable business, but also uh, do you know, build an organization that would handle some of the serious challenges our country was facing, mm-hmm. which is why I decided to build a chain of pharmacies. That's how it started. So I think that in 2003, there weren't many pharmacy chains. So how did you decide that, you know, I will build a chain and, you know, make it into huge, uh, one of the second largest chains in India? So uh, what I did, Arushi, was I said that, you know, given the fact that I have lived and worked in several places around the world, I said that why can't I build a chain like Boots uh, is in England Mm. or like Walgreens or CVS is in America? Mm. And I said, in, you know, India was uh, opening up, India was growing fast. And I said, uh, this is the time for us to be able to build a chain of pharmacies, similar to what we have in any developed country. That is why I said, let's build Guardian as a pharmacy chain. Okay. So you also mentioned in the beginning that right now you have your own podcast and video series called The Brand Called You. So, what inspired you to begin this podcast and could you tell me more about this series? So, The Brand Called You got its name from my sixth book. The the book is called The Brand Called You and it's on personal branding. Hmm. What I thought I wanted to do was to be able to give an opportunity for a lot of people in our country to be able to tell their amazing story. You know, what happens is that the press only talks about 15, 20 people in every country. Yeah. You know, they're all the multi-billionaires, etc. But there are thousands and thousands of great people in the corporate world in who are entrepreneurs. There are people who are great lawyers. There are people who are great NGOs. There are fantastic doctors, uh, mm. architects, musicians, mm-hmm. you know, who are not always talked about. Mm. So that is why I said that I wanted to be able to tell their stories started off with a single recording nine months ago and I finished season one of our podcast on the 19th of November with 247 recordings. Wow. And, you know, we started booking for season two 
and I already have a waiting list of close to forty-five people who wow. uh, want to come and record. That's amazing. We are getting between you know we we are of course a video uh, and like you we also do audio. We pull out the audio from the video and make it a podcast. Mm. They're on every major platform, and we get between twelve to fifteen thousand listens or views per day. Wow! And this is growing. Yeah, that's so amazing. So that's the background of that's the background of. So when you were thirteen, like now you're writing a lot of books. So when you were thirteen, what books did you like to read, or you know? As you also mentioned, you used to write for your magazine. So, mm-hmm. tell us more about how you spent more time with the books and writing. Okay, so uh, you know the books that I used to read in those days uh, at thirteen. I mean, I used to read a lot of Enid Blyton. I remember mm-hmm. those very well. I used to read a lot of Hardy Boyles. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to read. Uh, my my grandfather wanted me to read uh, some of the classics, so therefore I think I ended up reading several of the classics. Mm-hmm. I was a student of English literature. I finished mm-hmm. class eleven when I was fifteen. So I used to read a lot of Shakespeare. Oh, I used to uh, read a lot of. Uh, I mean, two of my other prescribed books were, were George Bernard Shaw's Pygmalion and George Orwell's Nineteen Eighty Four. So these are all books that I read. Um, so it used to be a little bit of light reading, which are the mm-hmm. Enid Blyton kind of books uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the Hardy Boys kind of thing. Yeah, and then I I remember there was a detective series I forget Perry Mason. Perry Mason was another one that I used to read a lot of. Yeah. These are some of the books that I used to read. Yeah. I've heard some of them. I mean, and it's Lighten and Hardy Boys are still people still read those people books. People still read them. Okay, yeah. I haven't read them again since then. <laughs> okay, so was there any television oh. then? So there was television. There was a there was black and white television. Mm. Color television came in 1980 to India, mm. right? So that was uh, 11 years after I was 13. Mm. And in India, so there was only black and white television. There was only one channel, which was Doordarshan. Okay. You know, we didn't have multiple channels like we have today. Uh. And uh, you know, as 13 year olds, uh, there were only two days which were relevant for us from a television perspective. Every okay. Wednesday. Uh-huh. There would be a one-hour program called Chitrahar, which used to be Hindi movie songs. Oh! And every Sunday there would be the Sunday movie. Achha. So you know, a lot of people would, the whole family would sit around the television uh-huh. and wait for that Sunday movie to start because that was the only way you could see movies yeah. other than going to the cinema hall. Mm-hmm. Wow! Well, you know, there was no air conditioners, yeah. there were no mobile phones. So it was a very different country then. Lot has changed from then and now. Absolutely. Lots of it's fifty years since then. Yeah, I mean now all of us can just you know switch on a TV and we'll have hundreds of movies to watch uh, from Netflix or any other streaming. Absolutely, and even if you don't feel like switching on your TV, you can watch everything on your phone now. Yeah, exactly. Yes. A lot has changed. Absolutely. So uh, let's get back to how you started your entrepreneurship journey. So. Um, How do you sell, you know, medicine, or you know, how do you build a chain so that people understand that you know I can trust this brand? Because as you mentioned, in India, a lot of things, a lot of medicines sometimes are fake. So how did you start the brand? So I think the you know the biggest challenge we all face when we go to buy our medicines mm-hmm. is that you know we we need our medicines very quickly. and therefore we are not able to do any kind of diligence uh, when we are wanting to decide who to buy the medicines from mm-hmm. 
So therefore, for me, what was very important was to have a store, a shop, which was very modern. So in those days, Guardian was the only shop that was air-conditioned, oh. pharmacy that was air-conditioned. Oh. All our store staff were in uniform. That was again never seen in a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Third was that all the pharmacists were well-trained so that, you know, when you took a medicine, they would speak to the person who was walking, the customer, and explain, this is what this medicine is for. Yeah. So it took us two or three years, but, uh, you know, it became to such a level, reached such a level, where people would tell their driver, go and buy your medicine from Guardian, because mm. that's the brand they were beginning to trust. Mm. So a lot of effort went into building the brand, but once it got built, then, you know, maintaining it was relatively easier because by then the chain had grown 200 plus stores across the whole country. So I have another question about writing. So uh, a lot of people now are starting to read less books because technology has got so many movies and all. So how do you make people like ask them, you know, I've written this book, come uh, read it, it'll help you. So, how do you do that? So, uh, that is how I really started my podcast and videocast. Okay. You know, to market my sixth book, which was mm-hmm. the brand called You, which is on mm-hmm. personal branding. Mm-hmm. So, just to give you an idea, you know, Arushi Gupta is a brand, right? Mm-hmm. Your name is a brand. Mm-hmm. That, that brand is, has been registered in your name by your parents mm-hmm. when they got you your birth certificate. Yeah. Right? And all the education that you do, this podcast that you do, and everything else that you do in your life is is something that you are adding to your brand, which is creating or increasing the value of Arushi's brand. Mm. Right? So, therefore, when I say the brand called you, you are a brand, all your friends are brands, everybody who's listening to you and me talk is a Mm. brand. Mm. What we do to, you know, build our brand is that something, something that we will own all our life. And Mm. yet, in today's digital world, where everything is so well connected, every time you say or do anything that is negative or you post something that is wrong on social media, that also gets linked to your brand. Yeah. You know, if someone searches for something that I have done, you can search everything that I have said or not said. Yeah. And therefore, it becomes very critical for every individual to know who they are as a brand. And when that's how we started, then we said the brand called you. We want to be able to promote so many individuals. And as we were promoting all the individuals, the mm-hmm. book started to get promoted uh, as well by each of these individuals and through wow. the video cast series. That's amazing. So you have accomplished so much since you were 13. And I'm pretty sure you might have had some idol that inspired you or helped you to, you know, stay on this journey and not go back down. So, who was this idol? I'm not sure if I had any idols from outside. I know that I had a very, very close relationship with my father. You know, he was a very highly decorated soldier, two awards from the President of India, etc. And uh, right till 2014, when he passed away at 87, I think I used to speak to him every day. And I would say that he was probably one person who I can call my idol. But wow. other than that, I think, you know, when I was growing up, we were generally influenced by 
good journalists so there were mm. some great journalists who i could think of like a kushman singh etc every time they would write something i would read what they would say mm. well so that i don't think i had any uh, idols from who are actors or politicians so yeah not. i mean it makes sense that you know you're a writer and obviously a, a journalist would be your idol and your yes. father was part of the army so yeah. that's also a huge deal i mean all yeah. soldiers are you know protecting us so i mean all, all of us should look up to them so do you have any advice for me and all the others listening to this show about how to deal with life okay. in the future so you know what i what my advice to all young people is that most of us keep thinking all the time what is someone else thinking about me right and mm. we tend to model the way we speak the way we dress the way we do things based on what others may think of me sure right? that's true. and uh, i've always told both our both my both our sons and all the other young people that you must learn to get respected in the world because of your mind and because of all your positive qualities and not only because of the expensive clothes or the expensive shoes or the expensive work etc yeah. that you wear so we yeah. seem more uh, be respected more because of who you are rather than what you wear that is the only advice that i would give to all young people that's good advice because be yourself don't be yourself and be honest with yourself so we have reached to the end of our podcast and thank you so much for taking out your time to be on my podcast thank you arushi so much for inviting me and good luck thank you so that brings us to the end of yet another episode of when i was 13 i hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as i did putting it together for me at 13 meeting people and getting to know their world when they were 13 opens up a world that i will possibly never get to know otherwise do not forget to subscribe to this podcast on your android or iphone and yes i am on instagram and you can follow me on when_i_was 13 catch you soon with yet another interesting conversation on when i was 13